Hello and a very warm welcome to Bergos Now. And indeed, this week really it is a warm welcome as it is in the middle of summer and many of our listeners might be catching this at the beach or somewhere nice. Um, so I'm going to start with asking my guest today, Michael Ambros. Hello, Michael. Hi, Aurelia. Is anything even going on or is everybody just sort of on vacation at the moment? No, actually, it's uh, quite exciting times from Central Bank perspective. Okay. Um, there is a lot happening um, and has happened over the last few um, weeks and days. And since the since last week, at the latest, with the exception of yeah, probably the Bank of Japan, the most important central banks of the developed world have taken path uh, towards higher interest r rates eventually. Okay. Yeah. And even the this uh, SNB, the Swiss Nas National Bank, surprised um, already back in uh, mid June with an largely unexpected increase in the key interest rate. Um, they they actually hiked by a full 50 basis points and uh, thus probably put the so far yeah quite hesitant ECB in a bind. Okay, but to which extent does the Swiss interest rate decision put the ECB in a bind? Yeah, that's um, it's a good question. I mean, although the year-on-year -year inflation rate in Switzerland, which was around 3% and uh, therefore well below the rate of 8% in continental Europe, mm -hmm. um, the SNB took a decisive and... Um, Yeah, took action very early on. Um, to to the surprise of almost all experts, it's, it raised its interest rates from minus 75 basis points to minus 25 basis points, while its European counterpart, um, that is the, the ECB, was still holding on to a negative deposit rate at that time of minus half a percent. Um, and it, it, it almost seemed as if the um, SNB was even prepared to, to accept a pr an appreciation of the Swiss franc against the euro in its efforts to curb inflation that was actually quite moderate by comparison. Um, and that is a reaction it had otherwise always shied away from, from a, a strong um, Swiss franc. Mm -hmm. And accordingly, the perception that the ECB is acting too late and too hesitantly became more entrenched. While many market participants and analysts considered a more restrictive interest rate policy necessary in Europe, the European Central Bank in June only held out the prospect of an interest rate hike for July. And Michael, the ECB, um, they met for their regular meeting last week, right? Correct. correct. Um, did they follow through on, it, on their announcement of higher key interest rates? Well, <laughs> it's a yes and a no at the same time, in okay. fact. The ECB decided to raise interest rates for the first time in 11 years, so that would be the yes. Yeah. At the same time, the central bank surprised uh, everyone, um, actually, by raising key inter interest rates more than they had been signaling at the previous meeting, huh. and which was expected accordingly by market participants. So they kind of, yes, they over-fulfilled what was expected. Um, uh, we have higher interest rates now. But at the same time, uh, they did not precisely what they um, signaled or what they uh, gave us a forward guidance. Um, the guidance was actually 25 basis points. Um, and in the end, uh, the hike of a full 50 basis points um, point was resolved. And an interest rate increase of that magnitude has not been seen in the last 20 years. So hmm. a historic decision in, in any case. Okay, but that sounds a bit like a quite sudden change of course in some way right it seems like they were a bit slow or hesitant in the first place and now they're a bit forceful or overshooting <laughs> which it's, 
you know, I'm, I'm exaggerating, obviously, but is that, is that right? I, yeah, <laughs> yes and no. No, I, I, I would not necessarily speak of a change of course. Okay. After all, the direction has remained the same, only the in intensity has increased. Mm -hmm. And this came in, indeed as a surprise to many observers, but as it seems mainly because of the cautious forward guidance by the central bank and its, its president, uh, but the underlying argument um, there is widespread agreement among analysts and, and even economists on the assessments of the underlying situation containing the persistent inflation dynamics requires an even more restrictive central bank policy. Mm -hmm. And uh, this becomes yeah, particularly clear in comparison with the United States. The US Fed, they're also recording similarly high inflation rates, but they're much further ahead with the tightening course, the tightening cycle. But, and that's uh, for, for good, the ECB has now met the growing public, even public demand for a more restrictive interest rate policy hmm. eventually. Okay. And Michael, looking towards the United States, I mean, I can't help but wonder if the situation in Europe is even comparable to the United States. I mean, after all, Europe has pretty particular challenges at the moment. We're just thinking about the, you know, its external borders where there's still a war going on, just to name one example. Yeah, of course, um, it, it, the circumstances are quite different and cannot be compared one to one. Um, for example, due to the low level of interconnectedness of the US economy with the worrying parts, um, with Russia, with Ukraine, the resulting negative effects are much smaller on the other side of the Atlantic. Um, Obviously, for, for natural reasons, the European economy is much more affected by the price developments, for example, of fossil fuels, particularly gas, which is largely transported over land via fixed pipelines, but also by food prices. And this, especially with regard to the restricted um, import of foodstuffs, throttled gas capacities, or even the Russian threat to turn off the gas tap to Europe altogether. Hmm. And these economic effects are already being felt, further limiting the scope and um, the, the possibilities of the European Central Bank. However, price pressure from, from supply constraints, for example, that is particularly the disruption of value and supply chains as a fallout of the pandemic still, mm -hmm. um, they are equally affecting economies around the globe. And on top of that, the U.S. is also experiencing, the U United States, for example, is also experiencing a labor market that is running hot right yeah. now yeah. and thus already putting upward pressure on wages. And a wage price spiral is to be prevented by all means with the intention to keeping inflation expectations well anchored in the region of a central bank target, which is around a good 2%. Michael, but what influence does central bank policy have at all in the environment outlined earlier? Yeah, that is a very good um, remark. The U.S. Fed is directly confronted with that very question right now. Okay. While the central bank's instruments are relatively useless, I would say, in face of supply shocks, that is, they have no direct effect on value and supply chains or the horrendous cost of energy, they can still reduce aggregate demand. In particular, due to increasing financing uh, conditions um, by uh, increased financing costs, consumer spending and thus demand for good and goods and services are likely to, to decline. Uh, 
Yeah. The Fed is focusing on this and has already raised key interest rates several times this year, including the latest decision of yesterday, uh, so we're pr uh, pretty cur current, by a total of 2.25% since beginning of the year. And that is a remarkable pace that is somehow reminding of the measures taken by a former chairman, Paul Volcker, uh, in his fight against inflation in the 1970s. Mm -hmm. Although we obviously must acknowledge that the situation at that time is not a blueprint for today. Yeah. But the memory of this um, resulting economic dislocation that uh, was experienced back then, it remains. And that is something the Fed utterly tries to avoid at, at all costs or by all means um, with respect to the, the current situation and the near future. And in, in, in that regard the fed and other other central banks are alike and operate in this area of tension persistent inflation is um, nonetheless it's considered a major threat to a sustainable economy and that is why short-term economic yeah very brief economic uh, slowdown is deliberately accepted as a side effect And in the United States in particular, the aim is even to somewhat cool down the overheated labor market in order to avo uh, avoid a wage price spiral and uh, in, in consequence alleviate domestic inflationary pressures. Okay, that makes sense. But can you give us a little bit more detail on this latest Fed decision, please? Sure, with pleasure. At its most recent meeting, that is uh, yesterday, the Federal Reserve decided to raise key interest rates by a full 75% basis points to a new level of 2.25% to 2.50%. So they measure it in, uh, uh, in, a, in a bandwidth. And this hike has been expected by us and most analysts in response to the latest inflation figures that were running high. They were higher uh, uh, compared to the last month. They were higher than expected. And um, yet the size of such a rating hike is not particularly normal. Hikes of more than 25% basis points are quite unusual and, and also extremely rare in the Fed's recent history. The fact that the rate hike resolved at the last three meetings, that is one of 50 basis points and two consecutive 75 basis point hikes, are unusually large and that shows the Fed's determination to curb inflation. In doing so, the Fed follows a very clear consideration intending to implement the majority of that um, hikes that tightening that is deemed necessary as early as possible keyword uh, front loading in order to create some leeway for a less restrictive um, monetary poli policy stance toward year end mm -hmm. you mentioned the year end <laughs> <laughs> it is still july but we are i guess you know approaching it faster than we'd like to so with that in mind what can we expect for the remainder of the year well that's that's uh, quite quite hard one you're you're asking me i mean central bank policy interest rate policy it takes effect with a time lag so accordingly um, it can be assumed that the full economic impact of the fed's latest interest rate hikes um, is yet to unfold so they've been hiking a couple of times this year but the effect is still to unfold a reduction in the intensity of further interest strike hikes is therefore highly probable At uh, year end, f uh, or until year end, four further interest rate hikes of 25 basis points each 
is currently priced um, by future markets. And that corresponds to a level of 325 to 3.50% um, at year end. And the Fed itself, um, or rather Jay Powell, the chair, a chairman spoke of an expected level of around 3 and 3.5%. But at the same time, um, Jay Powell yesterday refrained from giving a particularly specific forward guidance regarding the upcoming meeting in September. According to his remarks, future central bank policy will be strongly oriented to the latest incoming data and will be decided from meeting to meeting. And Obviously, as a consequence, we will keep a very close eye on the evolving economic situation and conduct our assessment ongoing and on a basis uh, from meeting to meeting. And for the coming weeks, however, central banks <laughs> too hmm. uh, take a breather and uh, <laughs> take a summer break before the regular meeting uh, schedule resumes in September. So there is a, probably from that front some calm weeks ahead. Very nice. Michael, thank you very much. That was a great overview. I think that was incredibly insightful. So thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. And it was, after all, really not a dull episode in any way d during the supposedly calm summer weeks. <laughs> <laughs> We wish you, dear listeners, a beautiful weekend ahead um, and, of course, a restful and beautiful week. We will be back with more from Bagos now next week. Until then, bye-bye. <laughs>